This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. The legal information presented on In Legal Terms is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information conveyed does not create any type of attorney-client relationship. Please consult an attorney provider before making any decisions about your specific legal questions. Welcome to In Legal Terms from MPB Think Radio, the show all about you and your rights. I'm Liz Gill with Professor Richard Gershon of the University of Mississippi School of Law. Hello, Professor Gershon. Good morning, Liz. It is great to be with you this morning. I hope your weekend was a good one. And, uh, you know, one of the, my first experience in moving to Mississippi with my family was we went to the Mississippi Bar Convention in Destin, Florida. And the first people I met there were from MVLP. And I got a T-shirt that I'm wearing today from MVLP. And I was a big fan of theirs then because they gave away free T-shirts. But now I know all the great work that they do for the people of our state. And it's really a pleasure uh, to welcome back to the show uh, the executive director and general counsel of MVLP, Gayla Carpenter-Sanders, and uh, Sierra Williams, who is a staff attorney with MVLP, and uh, we're just so thrilled to have you both back here. Good morning. Would you would you please tell both tell us a little bit about how you got involved with the Mississippi Volunteer Lawyers Project? Sure. Good morning, Attorney Gershon, and I'll, I'll send you another T-shirt from this past year's bar convention. Um, so I actually got involved uh, with MVLP early on in my practice, so about 18 years ago. And I learned about MVLP through just a mailer that they sent to us, um, to our office. And I had already done service work um, in high school and when I was an undergraduate. So, and then my family um, is big in service. So to me, it was a no brainer that as an attorney, I get involved using my legal expertise, um, pro bono. And so when I saw that mailer, I decided to take on a case. And that was really the early stages of my involvement with MVLP. And it, it, it evolved into, um, you know, attending clinics with them, doing whether it was expungements or family law clinics, and then taking on um, cases as a guardian ad litem. I would take on some custody cases to help them, and I would do that pro bono. Um, so that's really how I first became acquainted and just working with NVLP. Similar to Gala, I had some experience with um, nonprofit work and um, as an undergraduate student at Ole Miss and decided that I wanted to continue doing nonprofit work. Um, so I started working with a, another organization that provided legal aid and also was still helping with the Mississippi Volunteer Lawyers Project, some of the projects that they were working on and some of the clinics. And I decided that this would probably be a great fit for me because it basically allowed for me to do what I went to law school in the beginning to do anyway. And so I was very excited when a position became available at MVLP. Well, I think it's something about our profession that, I, that not a lot of the listeners know is how much time lawyers do dedicate to doing pro bono work. Uh, and our students, too. I'll brag about our law students. We have a great pro bono project here that was really, uh, you know, uh, run by students and started by the wonderful Debbie Bell, who has, uh, you know, uh, been on the show before. Um, and so, you know, that's a tradition. I hope that our students will go out and, and work with you uh, when they graduate. 
and I wish them good luck on the bar, which they're doing this this week. I'll, you know, everyone taking the bar this week. Um, we'll talk about some specific projects, um, you know, that the MVLP is doing. But in general, how how does the MVLP work? How do lawyers come to you? How is it created? Sure. So first, um, let me just say that. Uh, with MVLP, we try to match individuals uh, from the general public who need assistance with legal matters with attorneys who are in the private sector. And uh, they basically donate their time to helping individuals resolve their legal matters. It was created, um, well, actually, the, the beginning stages of MVLP was uh, started over 40 years ago. This year, we're celebrating 40 years, but the work to get MVLP uh, to creation started maybe a couple of years before that. And uh, basically, the Legal Services Corporation carved out money for the legal services uh, agencies across the country to uh, get the private bar involved. You know, I don't, I'm not sure what the numbers were like in terms of staff attorneys with legal services organizations back in the early 80s, but I can tell you that <clears throat> today, excuse me, today we have two legal services programs in the state of Mississippi. You have North Mississippi Rural Legal Services and Mississippi Center for Legal Services. And together, those organizations staff about 40 attorneys. Now, that may sound like a large firm, uh, 40 attorneys, but when you think about the poverty numbers here in Mississippi, we have about 560, close to 600,000 people who live in poverty. So if you can imagine a third of them needing legal assistance, what that, uh, the kind of pressure that puts on the legal services agency. So the Legal Services Corporation saw that 40 years ago and carved out money for the private bar to get involved. And so Legal Services Corporation partnered with the Mississippi Bar to create MVLP. And, uh, you know, what we still have that longstanding relationship with legal services, even though we have started doing some of our own outreach. Um, but we receive funding from legal services. We receive funding from the state of Mississippi through what's called the Civil Legal Assistance Fund. And we also receive money through private donations, um, as well as other, other grantors that may come and go as we apply for different grants. We're talking this morning with attorneys Gayla Carpenter-Sanders, Executive Director and General Counsel of the Mississippi Volunteer Lawyers Project, and attorney Sierra Williams. If you have a question about their work at the MVLP, we'd love for you to join our show. Send us your email questions to our address, legalterms at mpbonline.org. And we do have Delia, who's called in from Hattiesburg this morning. Delia, what's your question about the Mississippi Volunteer Lawyers Project? Uh, I do not have a question about um, the project, but I do request maybe a suggestion. I need to know what is my my legal stand when someone requests to um, write a check. Uh, they want the money ahead of labor, and they do not fulfill uh, the job that they they were hired to do. They take the check to a check cashing office. Now, 
after we have waited for this person to do the job and seeing that they did not do the job, we wonder if this person was at all uh, who they say they were because they did not show any ID. Um, they were more or less represented by their vehicle and the machinery that they have in a trailer. When we checked further, we found that this person just works for a business that is not the owner of the business, which was what we thought. And we canceled the check. So the check was not paid. We, um, we put a stop payment and the bank assured us that the check would get back to this person and that we wouldn't have anything to worry about. Um, now the bank said that the stop uh, payment on the check would go on for six months. Uh, then we wonder, since um, since we receive a call the same day that my husband wrote the check, we receive a call from a cash um, uh, a check cashing place to verify the check and who signed the check. How is that going to work out? Should we have seek legal advice and send a letter to the check cashing place explaining just that this person we suspect of fraud? Or is this going to be uh, taken care by the check cashing uh, place by requesting that this person make good the check? How does that work when somebody takes a personal check to one of these places and then do not uh, perform the labor that they were expected to do. Richard? <laughs> well, I, first I would say we can't give specific legal advice in this case. Um, I, I think it is, I would only say to the caller, I'm sorry you're going through that, one valuable lesson is to make sure the person is licensed Bond before you have them do any work, um, you know, and uh, it, it, you know, social network. The internet's really good for finding out, you know, if, if someone has a good reputation or a bad reputation. You can investigate all those situations before you get into this. Um, I don't know if our attorneys have any advice, but you know, that that's the best I can say because I don't know the the actual facts of the situation. Um, Right, Richard, I would agree with you. Um, it really depends on uh, more specific facts. But what I what I would like to do is point her in the direction of a service that she can use. Um, there is a service, and MVLP helps to administer this service. It's called Mississippi Free Legal Answers. And you can find it at msfreelegalanswers.org, O-R-G. And um, what it is is a virtual legal clinic. And so you have to qualify based on your income. But you can go in, type that question, and there are licensed attorneys 
who are registered to use that site and they go in. I can't promise that they will do it within two hours or 24 hours, but when you ask that question, that question goes onto that that uh, database, and the questions the the attorneys who are registered to use that site can go in and answer that question. And what's what's interesting about this site is that you can also attach documents. So if you want to show the attorney documents related to your issue so that you can get a clear answer, you can do that. But it's msfreelegalanswers.org, and that's a wonderful website that you can use to ask those pressing legal questions. Delia, I hope that you'll be able to go to that. We'll also have that information on the show information for the show. We would love to send you to send us your email questions or comments about uh, this show or other shows to our email address, legalterms at mpbonline.org. We're discussing the work of the Mississippi Volunteer Lawyers Project with attorneys Sierra Williams and Gayla Carpenter Sanders, who's also the executive director and general counsel. So how can you learn more or contribute to the Mississippi Volunteer Lawyers Project? I'm going to tell you that next. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein from Fix It 101. If you ever thought about changing the doorknob or fixing a leaky faucet, some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. is in legal terms. Now, not everybody has a chance to listen to our show live, so if you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show from our website, mpbonline.org slash radio. It's also on this show's website, inlegalterms.mpbonline.org. It's also available on the MPB Public Media app, as are our local show's podcasts. I'm Liz Gill, and I'm here with Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. Now, if you want to read more about our guests and the center, you can go to their website, mvlp.net. But then you can also donate there to help fund the Mississippi Volunteer Lawyers Project. This morning we are talking about uh, their organization with attorney Sierra Williams and Gayla Carpenter Sanders, who's the executive director and general counsel. Yes, this is a great conversation. It's always good to have um, uh, you know, our attorneys with us again and, and really appreciate their great work um, for the people of Mississippi. And among, among the services that MBLP provided in 2021, um, and you mentioned their website, it, it shows you know, their report of the things they did in 2021, which were remarkable. Uh, MBLP held 36 clinics, legal clinics. So what types of uh, legal clinics did you conduct in 2021? And what are you planning for 2022? 
Right. So I'll talk about what we did in 2021. Uh, we did a number of clinics related to family law and expungement work. Um, when I talk about family law, I talk about those cases that um, are easy enough for the general public to navigate the Mississippi Rules of Civil Procedure. Um, with our clinics, they are limited representation clinics. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so with that, the attorneys who participate in those clinics are really just there to provide legal oh, I shouldn't say just there. They are there to provide legal advice as well as draft any legal pleadings or legal documents that the individuals may need. But their representation ends at the end of that clinic. So the individual is expected to take those documents, file it in the courthouse or in the clerk's office of the courthouse, set a hearing, and get their matter resolved. And some of the cases may not, uh, may not uh, result in a hearing. You may just be able to send an order. But that's basically how the legal clinic works. So it's a, it's a method of educating the public as well as empowering them to handle their own matters. So we try to stick to those cases that would be easy to navigate, like an irreconcilable differences divorce. Um, We've also helped with name changes at those clinics. We've helped with wills and advanced health care directives and powers of attorney at those clinics. We try to stay away from areas where they're going to have to participate in service of process um, or where there may be a lengthy hearing where you have to call witnesses. We usually take that through our regular program at MVLP and match them with an attorney who will provide more than just limited representation. So those are the kind of things that we do. Um, early in uh, 2021, we received a grant to do foreclosure prevention work and to expand our expungement clinics. And so we also uh, conducted those types of clinics in 2021. I mean, for 2022, what, what do you have planned? Uh, you know, I know we're halfway through 2022. It's hard to believe that. But uh, so for the rest of 2022, what, what types of clinics can people look towards? Sure. Um, we have a variety of clinics actually coming up. We have one at the end of this week, which is going to be a family law clinic. It's going to be hosted at the Hines County Chancery Court. Um, and so all Hines County residents can go ahead up to our website and go ahead and apply for that clinic. We also have another clinic coming up August 3rd. It's going to be an expungement clinic in the Louisville area. And so even though we've done about a dozen clinics thus far this year, we got about a dozen more to complete the year out. And so um, normally when individuals come to these clinics, they have to qualify financially. And in order to qualify financially, they must be at or below 200% of the federal poverty guideline. So, and, and that's, um, yeah, so when, when they come to the, the clinics, and I think this has been a big change for lawyers, because I know when I was in law school, we couldn't unbundle legal services, you know, and, and it's so great that a lawyer can work on a, you know, a portion of a, a case and not feel obligated to go all the way through to the end because that, that allows more people to volunteer. And, and, and I think these clinics have been so helpful. Um, so, you know, by the way, you mentioned expungement clinics. Um, and, you know, I know um, y'all have done great work with expungement clinics. How does, how does that work? If someone 
who can get an expungement? So that's a, a, a good question, a question that a lot of people have. Um, the answer to that can be complicated. <laughs> it really depends. Um, if you're dealing with a misdemeanor offense, nine times out of ten, that misdemeanor offense can be removed from your record as long as you've completed all terms and conditions affiliated with your sentence, which also includes paying all your fines and fees. Um, and you wait about two years if it's not your very first misdemeanor, then it can typically come off of your record if the judge says the same. Um, one thing that needs to be noted, however, is that a DUI is a misdemeanor first and second. However, they are a little different. And so because they're a little different, that does not apply to DUIs. DUIs is very specific, and it's a very specific statute that we have to look at and very specific requirements that an individual must meet. And so we would have to meet one-on-one to say that. Felonies, on the other hand, we've had a great breakthrough with felonies in the recent years. Um, now, um, any person who has any one felony conviction can potentially have that felony removed from their record. However, there are some stipulations on that as well. So there are certain offenses, such as crimes of violence, that cannot be removed from a person's criminal history record if it sits as a conviction. And I just want to make a distinction between a conviction and a non-conviction, because a conviction means that you were actually found guilty. And so if you were not found guilty for whatever reason it was dismissed, no pros, whatever the situation is, um, that can potentially come off of your record as well. Gayla, you mentioned that uh, for people to qualify to use the clinics, which I'm sure the, the dates are on your website, and we'll have a link to that on this show's information, you'll have to qualify for, you know, income level. Is, is it spelled out what you need to provide to prove that or do you call and have to tell someone so two ways um you can the the best way to do it is to go online to mvlp.org and there is a um most people go straight to the intake form and complete that but there there is also on our website um who can qualify based on income. We don't require proof of income. Your proof is stating what your wages are or if you don't if you don't receive wages what your disability is and you sign that document attesting that all of that information is true and accurate. We're not going to come back and ask you to, you know, give us a pay stub, but we do um, expect for you to be truthful. And as she said, we look at um, individuals with income at or below 200%. And so just to give you an example, um, one person living in a household can't make more than, I think, maybe $25,500, and then it goes on goes up according to the number of people who live in your home. It's, it's such an important service because, I mean, people who can't afford lawyers do have legal problems that they need. Uh, help resolving it, it can transform their lives. I mean, the expungement or, or divorce in, in a bad situation mm -hmm. can, can can really you know transform someone's life. So, I think it, I think what the you know the project is doing is is so important. Um, you know, I, we we talked about the clinic, so they're they're limited uh, in, in you know how far they can go. But you mentioned that you also um, attorneys will actually uh, you know do more. How far will an attorney go with someone? Uh, as a volunteer courtroom representation until they get that final order from the judge and those are usually reserved for cases 
where an individual is um, maybe not comfortable representing themselves. So we'll have an attorney appointed to them. Or it may be for those more complicated cases, like we do divorces where there's fault grounds, um, like desertion or sentence to penitentiary. And so those are going to require hearings where you have to take the stand, you have to bring a witness. So we don't do those through clinics because we understand that that's difficult for a person to handle on their own. So we do that through the uh, through our di- what we call direct representation. And so the attorney provides full representation to that individual. And as I said, it goes all the way up to court and um, having a, an order entered by the judge. But the, the attorney's role is to have a final resolution. If I can, Professor Gershon, I wanted to go back to our talk about clinics because Um, One of the things that we have been doing more now with our clinics is listening to partners in our communities who feel that there is a particular need. Um, Who better? We are a statewide organization, but we are based in Jackson, Mississippi. Um, Who better to partner with than individuals who live in a community who see that there is a need for expungements, who see that there is a need for foreclosure prevention? Um, those individuals can contact MVLP about partnerships with us. And that's how we've been really organizing our clinics over the past couple of years, just listening to the ear of the community. And uh, we have some great people that we have worked with. We have some state legislators who have um, worked with us um, in the past to help their constituents with, with matters. So um, just if there's anyone out there that's, that's a part of a community organization or you might not be a part of a community organization and you're just an individual who wants to provide some source of help um, to your community, you can reach out to us and we can figure out how we can partner and best deliver services to your community. Oh, I feel like we're matchmakers, Professor Gershon, because I know our our In Legal Terms podcast, I was just told this morning by our radio director, our podcast is just uh, exploding all over uh, the Internet. And so... Um, we, you know, we know that we have people who need legal representation who listen, but then we also have a lot of attorneys uh, and community members who listen, too. And I feel excited that we can match some of our listeners who may want to help their community with our, our guests from the Mississippi Volunteer Lawyers Project because they know they live in Lowndes County or Jones County or Quitman, and uh, they see the need in their community, and they can suggest to your group, hey, come on over to Lafayette County and uh, sponsor a clinic for our community. Oh, I'm so excited about that. We would love for you to email us your questions that's concerning the Mississippi Volunteer Lawyers Project. Our address is legalterms at mpbonline.org. If you would like to hear more about MVLP, I'm going to tell you how you can do that next. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio.
Do you drive a vehicle? Then you'll find AutoCorrect helpful, especially on Coach Charlie's Tip of the Week. Listen to our podcast with me, Coach Charlie Melton, on any podcasting platform or on the MPB Public Media app. You're listening to In Legal Terms. We're on MPB Think Radio. Professor Richard Gershon is our expert host, and I'm Libs Gill. And we do hope that you'll subscribe to our podcast. You can get it in so many different ways. You can go to the mpbonline.org slash radio to listen to it. It's on all podcasting platforms, but I absolutely love the MPB public media app because you can get all of the MPB podcasts. You can even watch MPB and PBS television shows right from that public media app. This morning, we're talking about the Mississippi Volunteer Lawyers Project with our guests, uh, attorney Sierra Williams and Gayla Carpenter Sanders, who's the executive director and general counsel. And we've been very happy to have them on our show. Check out our March 30th of 2022 podcast or our September 24th, 2019. Well, it's always a pleasure to have them on. It really is, and it's you know, it's it's great to hear about the work that they're doing. And you know, I we mentioned the clinics, and uh, and they're a tremendous service. But um, could you tell us a little bit about uh, the self-help assistance? Um, you know, in twenty twenty one, you know, your report uh, mentions that you gave assistance, self-help assistance, to one hundred and sixty nine individuals. Uh, so that's one hundred and sixty nine people who have been helped with their their particular legal problems uh, through MVLP. So what types of legal issues can, can people do for themselves with MVLP's assistance? Sure. That number is actually a little low. That number is low because of the pandemic, of course, um, just not being able to get out as we typically were. Generally, we're able to help anywhere from 250 to about 300 individuals through the self-help. Um, and the self-help is normally done at clinics. And so at clinics, we generally handle expungements, which is definitely something that once they have the correct pleadings and they have what we call our next steps, it's very easy for them to navigate that system on their own. Um, We also provide support for ID divorces at clinics, guardianships, um, and like I said, the next steps is really what helps keep them going. And so in in very specific terms, in very general terms, we tell you exactly what you need to do from leaving that clinic that day to file your document to ensure that everything is done properly. And we're even on um, call, basically, is what I like to call it, um, so that if you have any questions or if you have any concerns or for whatever reason you, you're fearful or feel like you cannot do this on your own, we're there to walk you through every step of the way. We have a call that we're going to go to. Let's go to Edward, who's calling from Peoria, Illinois. Uh, thanks for calling in today. Can I have your question or comment for our guests from the Mississippi Volunteer Lawyers Project? Actually, I'm calling from Lowndes County, Mississippi. Great. Uh, and you're sure of the blessing today. Um, my question concerns conservatorship. Last year, I became conservative of my elderly father, uh, 85 years old, um, uh, trying to secure his funds as his funds was in jeopardy of being taken from him. Uh, since then, uh, I mean, this has been a long, drawn-out thing, but since then, 
uh, the only people who has benefited from this conservatorship is the lawyers. Um, my question is, what is the job of, 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 a, of a lawyer, conservative's lawyer, or a, a lawyer uh, in, the, in a family matter case like this, their responsibility? Because my, my, my father hasn't benefited, um, but the lawyers are getting paid out of his account. Um, and, and it seems to me it's been a big money grab. Can you kind of talk about the state of conservatorship in Mississippi? Yeah, Edward, that's an excellent question. Um, let me tell you this. I, you know, I, I cannot speak to your arrangement with, um, with the attorneys that have helped you or attorney that has helped you, um, nor can I comment or give you any legal advice uh, while you're still under representation. I am not. I have fired my conservative lawyer. Okay. Okay. So let me tell you this. In somewhere around maybe 2017, um, the Mississippi Supreme Court created a commission to look at the guardianship slash conservatorship laws in Mississippi and reform them because they wanted more accountability from those individuals who were named guardians or conservators of the wards, um, and those are the people who are the subject of the conservatorship or the guardianship. And so in 2020 um, is when the law changed, or when the rules changed, rather, with regard to conservatorships. And I can tell you that um, there is more work uh, that has to be done by attorneys with conservatorships and guardianships. And I don't know if that's what's playing a part um, with, with your conservatorship, with your father, but the laws did change and change. And so, you know, I tell people now with, um, with the new documents that we have to draft, it's almost like closing on a house because there are more documents now that we have to prepare. Uh, as I said, there's more accountability that has to be, uh, has to be done and the attorney has to make sure that they are accountable to the court because they are, they have to sign what's called a certificate, um, uh, with the court basically certifying that they are keeping an accurate account. And it's just more oversight now that attorneys have to do. And, and again, you know, I cannot speak to your specific situation because I don't know the contractual nature of your, of your relationship, but, um, it, it's more work now for the conservator as well as for the attorney. Well, that's that's a great point, which it is, and, and the the work that I have to do uh, makes sense. But the 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 main problem, and you you touched on it, um, you know, verifying the qualification of a, a conservator or guardian, which didn't happen in my case. This is why I put a bar complaint on on my my attorney because they made. Uh, the, my the, my father's abuser, his guardian, which was is, is absolutely I, I can't I, I don't understand that, and so we're going through this process because part of this to me, as far as Mississippi's law that I've read, states that the a court has to do a investigation and and to make sure that the person 
that is a guardian, that is uh, main guardian, is qualified to do so. And in my case, it was not. So um, it, it's funny uh, that you that you mentioned that, and it didn't happen in my case, and it's supposed to happen. This is why I have a bar complaint. I do need help with this. I don't have a lawyer now. I'd like to maybe talk with your, your organization further on after the program. Sure, and you can go to our website um, and complete an intake form. Um, to to start that process but that's what I was going to tell you Edward um, you know the the good thing about um, you know this work is that you know if you're not satisfied with our services um, or an attorney's service you can always get a second opinion um, and you know I can't tell you that the, I can't promise that the outcome would be different than what you have um, the difference will be though is that our attorneys donate their time uh, to the to the work. Thank you for calling in, Edward. Well, uh, Sierra is is a guardianship something that you all have ever had clinics for? Is that anything anyone can do for other family members, or does is that an example of a representation where you have to have a, a, a full assistance with, or is this something that you can handle yourself? So a guardianship, it can be either way. Um, some people are advanced enough to handle it on their own with the proper steps. Um, other individuals may want to have an attorney. Um, just And, and then, we, like Ayla said, we have a service where there are clinic services and then there are di there's direct representation. And so if you go the direct representation route, then you have an attorney there who is acting on your behalf. And so it's um, essentially almost the same as when you go off and pay an attorney. It's not a same-day service. It's a service that continues throughout until you've received everything that you need and you're satisfied with it. Um, and so it's kind of both ways. I would typically recommend that they go the direct representation route, but sometimes we do have individuals who are advanced enough um, to represent themselves. Well, it is confusing to know what you can do yourself and what you need representation for, but I'm so glad you all are here to help guide people through that decision-making. Mm -hmm. it, it depends on the family um, the, the family dynamics, too, um, because sometimes, like, if, if you have an issue with a birth certificate, maybe the father is unknown or not on the birth certificate, then there are more steps that you would have to take as opposed to the mother and the father being able to just send a consent to the guardianship. So, you know, there are layers to it, but I, I would like to mention that this week, we are hosting a clinic in Hines County. It's a family law clinic, and we're handling guardianships there. And these are guardianships for minors because it's time to get back in school. So they need individuals who are taking care of children who are not their own need to get them registered in school, and you need to be the legal guardian. That's a court process that you have to go through. So they can always attend our clinic, and they need to go online and register for that clinic. Ooh, I, th I, I will announce that this afternoon on MPB, and we'll also have that information on this podcast. It's so wonderful that even if we, on this show today, can't solve someone's problem, we can show them where they can go to get information to uh, help them solve their problem or learn how their problem can be solved. We can take your questions on our email address, 
legal terms at mpbonline.org. I will have that website for the Mississippi Volunteer Lawyers Project on the show information for this show, but I'll also give it out next when we come back. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. healthy and fit you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active i'm josie bidwell host of southern remedy healthy and fit and associate professor of preventive medicine at the university of mississippi medical center listen to the show every monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for southern remedy with your preferred podcasting app part of In Legal Terms. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show from our webpage, inlegalterms.mpbonline.org. It's also available on the MPB Public Media app, as are all our local shows. I'm Liz Gill, here with Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. Don't forget, at 11 Central on Tuesdays, following our over-the-air live broadcast, you can hear Southern Remedies, Relatively Speaking, with Dr. Susan Buttress on MPB Think Radio. And hey, if you're listening to this as a podcast, go find their podcast, and you can listen to it after the show also. We're talking today with some professionals from the Mississippi Volunteer Lawyers Project, and if you have a question... If you need representation, you're wondering if you can do something yourself, if you want to contribute to their uh, worthy organization, you can find all that information from their webpage, which is MVLP for Mississippi Volunteer Lawyers Project dot net. Well, I can't believe how quickly the time has flown and we definitely want to talk to our guest about I, I have a follow-up question from the guardianship and then i'd love to ask you about foreclosures because i know you all have done a lot of great work uh, on helping people with foreclosures but um, one of the things you do is, is help people with with wills estate planning advanced health care directives and we were talking about guardianships and conservatorships is as a durable power of attorney something that could help people maybe avoid that that issue of guardianship down the road and is that something you can help with yes and we normally when we host our clinics I'm sorry, when we host our clinics uh for wills we normally prepare an advanced health care directive and a power of attorney at the same time and we ask people to go ahead and execute that now 
you have to be careful because there are some organizations or some businesses or some institutions that may not accept a power of attorney. For example, if um, some banking institutions, if they don't really have a relationship with you and really know you, they may not accept a power of attorney. I learned that a couple of months ago. So, um, so I, I would say to answer your question, yes, go ahead and have a power of attorney executed um, that would take effect in the event that you cannot handle your own affairs. Um, but, you know, if that doesn't work, then the individual would still need to proceed with a conservatorship. Well, and that's great information. And, you know, and I know that you work, y'all opened 682 cases in 2021 and have done a lot of work on foreclosures as well. So let's talk a little bit about how you help people uh, in these tough times uh, for many people prevent uh, foreclosures. Sure. Um, one of the things that we we actually received a grant from the Mississippi Bar Foundation to be able to do this work. And um, one of the issues that we seem to run into is that um, individuals reach out once they have a foreclosure sale date. Our hope is that we can get individuals to start reaching out after they've missed a few payments. Once you realize you're in trouble, that's the time to, to reach out and, and try to get the support. And I say that because one of the things that we do to try to provide support is help out with loan modifications. And so your servicer typically will allow for you to have a loan modification if you're in a difficult time. And right now, due to COVID, a lot of um, mortgage mortgage holders, um, they're offering all types of services. However, it's imperative that you get in there as soon as possible. What I mean is as soon as you start experiencing trouble, that's the time to reach out. That's the time to, to make sure that we can get you some assistance, get you a loan modification, get you some type of assistance that can either keep you in that home or help you transition transition out of their home if this if you're not wanting to remain in the home because I think so often with foreclosure prevention we assume that individuals want to stay in the home that's not always the case some individuals actually do want to transition out of the home they understand that their home isn't something that they can no longer afford and in those situations these are very difficult times very personal times for individuals and at these times we're here we're here to provide you whatever assistance we can we're here to communicate with the servicer some Sometimes the servicer has a really bad attitude with the individual, but they look at attorneys a little different. And I'll be quite honest, sometimes they have that exact same attitude with us. Um, but we're prepared to deal with it. Um, we're less emotional about the situation, and so we're more prepared to deal with that situation. And so if you can, as soon as you start experiencing any difficulties, the time is now. The time is as soon as you start experiencing difficulties to reach out to the Mississippi Volunteer Lawyers Project so that we can start speaking with the lender on your behalf to try to keep you in that home or successfully transition out of that home. I know that this is a particularly timely uh, knowledge that's uh, that's needed. I know that the ACLU Mississippi has recently been involved with a lot of, they've had some clinics and had been working with social workers also on foreclosures. It's Inflation, pandemic, you name it, has has really done a number on folks being able to stay in their homes. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. Well, and I know we're, we're unfortunately short on time, Liz. So, is there what what else do y'all want us to know about the MVLP? Uh, we we're going to have to have you back on again for another hour to, to talk about all the things you're doing. But what what's what have we not talked about that you want us to know about? 
uh, funding. (laughs) (laughs) So we're actually uh, just kicked off our fundraising campaign, and that's how MVLP stays in existence. We receive grants, uh, but as you know, grants can decrease from year to year. They're not promised. Um, So money from the general public always helps. Um, And people think, oh, you know, $10 is not going to help. No $10 added to someone else's $10 helps. That's how we're able to put on the clinics. That's how we're able to uh, help with litigation costs that individuals have or that their attorneys have uh, handling their cases. So, um, you know, we're always in need of funds. You can go to our website to donate to us. And as I said, we're in the middle of our um, fundraising campaign. And so we welcome any type of assistance financially that, um, you know, general, the general public is willing to give us. And you can even set up for an automatic draft, uh, a monthly automatic draft uh, on our website if you're interested in doing that. But we appreciate that. Thank you both so much for being on our show today. I I know you've given a lot of people knowledge, but also direction on how they can help themselves and when they need a little help and how much help they need. I think any knowledge is is always good because you never know when you're going to need it. That's right. Thank you so much to Sierra Williams and Gayla Carpenter Sanders from the Mississippi Volunteer Lawyers Project. We're so glad you could be with us today. And thank you for Professor Richard Gershon, who joins us from Oxford, Mississippi, at the University of Mississippi School of Law. I'm Liz Gill, and you've been listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Look at your vehicle, think of MPB. Need to get rid of your ride? Donate it by calling 877-MPB, the number four car. Need to have some work done on your truck? Listen to AutoCorrect Thursdays at 10, Saturdays at 11. An MPB license plate reminds you that MPB is with you wherever you go. Go to your county office and ask for an MPB car tag. MPB and cars, better together. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. 